From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, OCT angiography. I think the idea of being able to get a routine OCT on a patient and then generate a, an angiographic image using phase variance analysis will really become a matter of routine clinical care. First this. If time and money were no object, you'd probably go to a lot of meetings. Not just ASCRS, but ESCRS, APACRS, AAO, Hawaiian Eye, and Winter Update, and you'd learn a ton. But money is an issue, and time an even bigger one. That's why I go to all of those meetings for you. Speak with the presenters you'd like best, and get them to distill their talks down to just a few minutes. You can see all of these interviews at no cost at the iWorld Replay website. Just go to ewreplay.org, E-W-R-E-P-L-A-Y.org, and enjoy. If fluorescein angiography were completely risk-free, involved neither injections nor consumables, and were painless to the patient, would you order it more often? I know I would. My threshold for performing angiography on diabetics would be a lot lower than it currently is, and I would probably be more aggressive in performing angiography on patients with macular degeneration as well. Dan Schwartz introduces us to a method of angiography that meets all the criteria I've mentioned. It's painless to the patient, involves neither consumables nor injectables, and is free of risk. OCT angiography may be the future for assessing neovascularization of the retina and choroid, and I'm delighted to have Dr. Schwartz as my guest today. Fluorescein angiography is certainly the gold standard for assessing retinal vasculature, and we're all familiar with with, with its uses and, and to some extent with its drawbacks. Can I get you briefly to go over the downsides of fluorescein angiography? Well, fluorescein angiography has really been the gold standard for angiographic imaging of the retina and to a much lesser extent the choroid for about the past 50 years. Um, it's, uh, I think, you know, at last count, over a million of these studies are performed a year in the United States, although the numbers are falling off now with increasing use of OCT. Um, fluorescein requires a skilled photographer. It's uh, time-consuming. There are complications related to injections. If people get older, they have, you know, vascular disease, it's sometimes hard to get venous access. They require multiple sticks. Occasionally, patients have nausea and vomiting, and even more rarely, we'll see a severe allergic reaction. Um, the procedure is costly, and uh, it requires quite a, quite a set to perform so that it's not done by a lot of, a lot of practitioners other than retinal specialists. Another aspect of first angiography that we don't really talk about is that about 70% of the primary care um, of, uh, of eye patients is done by optometrists, and, and there again, most optometrists don't have the ability to do fluorescein angiography, so the, so that that diagnostic test is, is lost on a lot of our a lot of our prim, primary care patients who presumably might might benefit if angiographic data were available. Then, like all conventional photographs, fluorescein angiography provides only two D data. What what what's being lost by assessing only pixel and not voxel data? Vo, voxel being a three D pixel. Well, when you look at an angiogram, you're looking really at all the fluorescein angiographic data, essentially all the fluorescein 
um, you know, all, all, all the, the fluorescence uh, throughout all the planes simultaneously, the, ret- the retinal plane and the, and, the, and the cortical plane. Once you get into OCT where you can look at volumetric data and now segment it layer by layer, you gain the ability to really look at angiograph detail um, at the different retinal layers as well as at the various layers of the cords. You can, you can segment out and pull out, say, query capillaris imaging or look at the inner layer of, of, of retinal capillaries. And that might be tremendously valuable, especially um, for cortical imaging when it comes to looking at the query capillaris and macular regeneration. Yeah, on, on that subject then, fluorescein angiography is particularly poor at imaging the choreo capillaris. Why is this? Well, as we know, the, the blood retinal barrier, um, there's an inner and an outer blood retinal barrier. The inner blood retinal barrier, the tight junctions of the endothelial cells of the retinal capillaries. And um, the outer blood retinal barrier are the tight junctions between the retinal pigment epithelial cells. The choreo capillaris, in contrast, has these large fenestri which allow the leakage of, 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 of protein. So fluorescein, which is poorly protein-bound, leaks readily out of the uh, choreo capillaris and, and makes it unable really to see any detail of this, of this fine vascular layers that's washed out by this diffuse leakage of fluorescein. In contrast, uh, phase variants OCT doesn't suffer from that problem because we're not really looking at that as leakage. We're just looking at vascular flow. Uh, per se, and uh, we're able to, to to pick that out, and that that gives us the ability to to look at more detail at the query capillaris. Because you don't have to add something to the vasculature, like like fluorescein. You're you're imaging the normal contents of the of the vasculature in your study. Exactly, exactly. Dan, it, it's it's hard for me to imagine practicing at this point without my OCT. However, I can't do angiography on my unit. How does your OCT hardware and software differ from commercially available machines? Well, I mean, right now, all of our work has been done um, at uh, Caltech um, Pasadena and at UC Davis uh, with our collaborators there in, in Jack, Jack Warner's lab. Um, we, um, we, we, we had an OCT machine, which we, which we, which we built at both of those, which was built at both of those, those places. And then we're able to put our software on top of that, capture the data, and generate the angiographic images. Um, however, uh, you know, our, our technology will lay very nicely upon commercially available spectral domain OCT uh, machines. Not time domain machines, not the older machines, but the newer spectral domain mach- 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 machines, where our software can, can take the data, which is normally acquired during those, those scans, but not, not processed. Our software processes it can generate an angiographic image. Dan, you mentioned phase variance OCT. What what is phase variance OCT? Well, normally when you look at a um, at uh, you know an OCT scan, you're getting the reflectance of the various interfaces. Um, phase variance OCT is kind of analogous to ultrasound, where if you look at a, say a melanoma by ultrasound, you do an A scan on it. You not only see the reflectivity within the within the melanoma using the A scan, but you also see motion of the various uh, spikes as they move very quickly in those areas that are that are that are vascular. What phase variance OCT does is it looks at the data acquired during an OCT scan, and now rather than looking at reflectivity as a, as, as a way of generating contrast between low reflective and high reflective areas, it says instead we're going to use motion as the contrast. So those areas which are static. Are, are darker in color, and those areas where there's more motion are brighter. And obviously, the areas in the retina and the cord that are where you see the most motion are in the blood vessels. 
So it enables us to, to differentiate the blood vessels which are moving from areas which are more static, which, which, are, the, which are the remaining retinal and cortical tissues. Now, I, I understand from the explanation that you've, that you've just given, which is very clear, the, uh, how it, it would be possible to distinguish uh, things that are moving from things that aren't. But can phase variants do things like, like measure rate of flow? No, it's not good at measuring rate of flow. It's also not good at measuring leak leakage. So um, while I think that phase variants will, phase variants SMT will replace a lot, a lot of what we do angiography for now, I don't think it's going to replace angiography for a case of, say, a central serous core retinopathy, or you want to look at a case of deep core retinal inflammation, um, where you're looking at, uh, at, at, at leakage. There, uh, we have not found a way yet for phase variants, OCT, to really show leakage the way the first angiography does. Then is phase variance the same thing as Doppler OCT? And, and if not, what's the difference between the two? Well, Doppler OCT is another way of generating angiographic images from OCT. Phase variance is different in that um, Doppler is limited basically by um, detecting flows that are parallel to the imaging. So it's not as good at, at, at detecting transverse flows which phase variance is, is, is able to do. And also, Doppler's not quite as good as detecting very slow flows, uh, which is important in, 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 in looking at some of the fine vascular de- detail where, where slow flow is, uh, is more apparent. So I think that um, both Doppler and phase variance are, are, are capable of generating angiographic images. I think that, that probably the advantage of phase variance is our ability to look at different kinds of flow as well as slow, slow flow in, in the microvasculature. Dan, can I get you to describe the design of your study, and, and what were your main outcome measures? Well, our, our, we really didn't do a, a, a big comparative study. We were showing the capabilities of uh, phase variance SCT, both in normal to show the, the retinal vascular detail, as well as to show coral detail. And really, for the first time, um, we were able to show the fine detail of the chorea capillaris and generate images of the various chorea capillaris lobules, similar to what's been shown previously, only in... in in uh, in in trips and di- di- digest done on post worm specimens, so um, we did that in normals, and then we took some common diseases. We took macro generation, both dry and wet, and showed comparative imaging between first angiography and phase variance OCT, and did the same thing for one case of non-proliferative retinopathy, where we were able to show uh, in that case areas of capillary non-perfusion that were shown identically between. Flourish angiography and phase variance OCT, as well as microaneurysms. So interestingly enough, the microaneurysms didn't have a good correspondence between phase variance OCT and flourish angiography. And we puzzled over that, and the conclusion we've come to so far, though it's by no means firm, is that while flourish angiography shows all the microaneurysms simultaneously at the various retinal depths, in phase variance, the image we showed in our phase variance OCT, we're looking at one layer of retinal capillaries. So we really have to go all the way through and look at all the different layers to, to, to see how the comparison between first angiography and phase variance in terms of depicting these mics, these microaneurysms and diabetes. That's an interesting point. So, you know, that, that, that's, that's one case where sort of flattening the 3D data in, into 2D is, um, is, is going to let you see things more more easily than w- when you're looking at at actual 3D data. That, that that's a that's a, that's an interesting point. That's a that's a neat thing. Um, if I understand your description correctly, phase variance OCT does not require really substantial 
substantially different hardware from commercially available spectral domain OCT, only a different uh, software to to analyze the 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 data is needed. If if that's true, do you think that phase variance OCT will grow to displace FA in routine angiography uh, uh, of of the of the retina in clinical practice? I, I, I do. And I think right now, um, as a retinal specialist, um, while we used to get more angiography in our patients, I think right now we're foregoing that and just with all the work we have to do, you know, the high, high volume patient flow, we're really relying on OCT. And there's some patients where angiography might have been somewhat viable. We aren't getting angiograms today. I think the idea of being able to get a routine OCT on a patient and then generate a, an angiographic image using phase variance analysis will really um, will really become a matter of routine clinical care where you'll send a patient for OCT, you'll also get an angiogram, and it'll help you grade ret- retinopathy in terms of diabetes. It might allow you to detect early coronary vascularization in patients with high-risk drusen, uh, particularly those who've had a, a, a wet, AMD, wet AMD in their fellow eye. Um, I think, as I mentioned earlier, alluded to earlier, it might, it might give the capability of people who are non, um, non-ophthalmologists should be primary care providers, um, you know, optometrists, uh, all sorts of alternative settings where an OCT now has the capability of really, say in the case of diabetes, of, of, of being able to reveal macular edema as well as, you know, grading diabetic retinopathy, showing neovascularization, all these aspects of, you know, what we really need to do to evaluate diabetics and do it through a non, non-dilated people and non-invasive. And I think, actually, the ability to do that will probably rival the quality of the examination that the best retinal specialist is able to do in terms of grading retinopathy and determining the, the, the need for any therapeutic intervention. You know, Dan, I, I, I really very much like doing this, this audio program. I think that, that it's really nice having having conversation with someone. But, boy, I, I really wish I could show some of the, the, the photos, the Images that that you that you that you publish because they're really striking. I mean, it is, and I certainly to the to the listeners, I encourage you strongly to to look at this paper. I'm going to put the reference for it on the on the website because the the really really stunning pictures. Uh, Dan, I I have one last question after reading your paper, which is when when can I get one? Well, I think, uh, Josh, it's going to be a while because we need to really get um, a commercial company to want to buy into this technology uh, and use it on their machines, and, and that's a, that's always a hurdle when you have to interact with industry. Um, so I'm not sure when that's 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 going to be, but I think uh, eventually this is going to be this is the way of the future, and and uh, you know I'm I'm really indebted to um, the collaborators that I've had, uh, both at Caltech and Scott Fraser, Jeff Singler. As well as as the, as the tremendous group at uh, at uh, UC Davis, um, and Jack Werner and uh, the people in the, in the retina division there, I think that um, these kinds of collaborations between clinicians and basic scientists can really move our field forward very rapidly. And um, I think this is just one example of how you know leveraging a lot of scientific expertise outside of ophthalmology, guided by clinicians, can really provide uh, benefits in terms of new technology development for our, for our field. Brilliant stuff, Dan. Dan, I, I want to thank you for being generous with your time with us today. 
I appreciate you, Josh. Thanks. Daniel Schwartz is Associate Professor of Ophthalmology and Director of the Retinal Service and Director of the Veterans Administration Retinal Service at the University of California, San Francisco in San Francisco, California. Ask questions of Dr. Schwartz or any of our previous guests or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iWorld.org. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.